everyone. Welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm Anthony Toma, your host, uh, and my co-host, Junior Binu. Uh, oh, no Junior Binu today. He's, uh, he's off in uh, sunny Miami, enjoying soaking up the sun. Um, he'll be back soon, though, um, to here today with uh, our guest, uh, Kyle Azu. Uh, he's from Motor City Legal Funding. He's going to uh, tell you a little bit about uh, the benefits of uh, using his company when uh, you know a certain tragedy strikes. Uh, so take it away. No, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's exciting to be here. Yeah, so it's um, very simple, but at the same time, it's also very complicated in, in regards to the rules and regulations that we have to follow. Uh, nobody is actually aware of the business. No mm -hmm. one knows really what it is until they have to be involved in it. So uh, basically, what it is is you get a you know, you get into an accident um, very commonly, or I mean, any kind of uh, business dispute, you know, we've done divorces and, and, and things like that. But essentially, uh, you know, you see, uh, you get into an accident, and as an example, you break both your legs. Uh, you see a lot of these guys on TV, these, uh, you know, high powered attorneys that have all these TV commercials that you see all the time. And, you know, the, the whole we fight for you and, and all the things that they talk about on their commercials, what they don't talk about is the actual process and what it goes through um you know what you have to go through as far as the court system court system is obviously jammed up um they're very behind on everything especially with covid that just happened so they're they're months and months behind and a lot of times these cases will take you know two three years to settle before you finally get your money sure and you know you know who's you know who's working who's paying the bills your insurance company is not covering you because you're suing them mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you do? And um, that's kind of where we come in. Uh, the attorneys will reach out to us and, you know, they'll say, hey, we have a case here. Uh, you know, we're suing. We have coverage of, as an example, let's say $100,000 and they need some funding uh, to hold them over till the case settles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll call us up. We evaluate the case. And if we feel that it's worth it, we'll loan them the money. And uh, eventually when the case settles, you know, they basically just pay us back. And it's as simple as that. The difference is, is that it's not, legally considered a loan it's legally considered funding what does that mean well that means that we don't care their credit score we don't care about their income we don't really care about anything except for the case so the biggest perk about it is that if the case loses or gets dismissed or you don't win anything you don't have to pay us back mm. and that's basically the biggest perk of it is that if nothing happens if you don't get anything we don't get anything and that's kind of really what uh, draws people because if you go and apply for a traditional loan you know credit cards or things like that they want to know all those things they want your credit score they want your assets they want your tax returns they want it. we don't care about any of that stuff right and that's really what makes uh, this industry um, different from the rest so you talked about an accident what give us an example of what kind of accidents you're talking about and what would be covered with from your insurance or from I guess the mm. the, the liable parties insurance well you know it's interesting and, and the the attorneys are notorious for this they'll tell you that the insurance companies uh it's a it's a tug of war you know you have the attorneys pulling on your side then you have the insurance companies pulling on their side the insurance companies really you know they're in the business of selling and collecting premiums mm -hmm without paying the benefits. I mean, that's their model. Trying you know, not to pay the benefits. Trying not to yeah. pay the benefits, yeah, exactly. They do so, everything under their power not to pay the benefits. Of course, of yeah. course, yeah. And then obviously you have the attorneys, and then in, in some circumstances you obviously have, you know, certain people that abuse the system. And why do I say that? You know, because 
you know, one ruins, you know, you ruin for one, you ruin for all. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you know, they have to treat everybody the same. So when you have a few people that abuse the system, that really makes the rest of us suffer. So what'll happen is, uh, I mean, you know, I had a great, oh, here's a great example. So I had a client of mine who would call me. She was on a, a Detroit City bus that got T-boned by a police car. Now, the attorneys will salivate for that because you have the bus companies and then you also have the city of Detroit, you right. know, with the police company or with the police car that hit. Yeah. So uh, she came to us, uh, you know, great woman. Um, she had a, um, a head injury and she broke her, I believe she broke her arm or her shoulder. I can't remember which one it was. And then she also broke her ankle and then she dislocated her knee. Jeez. So it was, yeah, it was a bad accident. And I really felt for her. I really felt bad for her. And, um, she had a settlement for a settlement offer because the insurance company knew they were going to have to pay. It was one of the things with the insurance companies that they have to make a decision. They decide, is it worth it to pay an attorney to fight the case if we can get the benefits lowered far enough? Or is it better for us just to pay the benefits without going through the attorneys? Right. She hired an attorney. Um, they gave her an offer. I believe it was around $300,000, if I'm not mistaken. And she said no. She wanted half a million. That was her number. She goes, I need at least half a million. So they ended up going through the whole process. It went to trial. It took, I think, around three, three and a half years. She came to us. She says, listen, she goes, I can't afford to live. You know, she goes, I can't work. She goes, I'm in and out of hospitals. I'm in and out of physical therapy. You know, I got to go to trial. I'm doing my depths. I'm doing my treatment. And she goes, and I can't pay my bills. We gave her, if I recall correctly, it was around twenty to 22000 somewhere around there. And obviously when her case settled at trial she ended up winning for about half a million or so great mm -hmm. settlement uh, attorneys were very happy she was very happy and uh, you know she obviously paid us back um you know with uh, i mean with interest you know that's what's you know how it goes the biggest issue is that the attorneys don't like us and in, in many cases we don't like them so you know you kind of have to work together um to make everything work the attorneys don't want to settle too quickly because if they settle too quickly, then they're kind of getting up a lot of their leverage. Because the insurance companies know that their, their clients are struggling financially. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they don't want them to abuse the service because eventually if you take out too much money and you get a settlement that's maybe not what you were hoping for, then you lose a lot of that. So that's what gets the attorneys upset, it gets the clients upset. So there's really a fine line that you have to walk when it comes to valuing these cases. Don't these attorneys, they're taking them on contingency, right? Yes. So don't these attorneys get paid off the total set amount of the settlement anyway? They do, and that's actually a great that's actually a great question because they do get paid on the total settlement. So you might say to yourself, well, "What do they care?" Well, you also have to remember that if the client's not happy and they don't sign their release, then the attorney doesn't get paid. So okay. at the same time, the client has to agree to the settlement. If they say if if somebody has a settlement, let's say it's worth fifty thousand dollars. And I give them a loan for thirty, and they're and after they pay their attorney, after they pay their court costs, they pay up. They're going to walk away with five hundred bucks. Mm. I'm not going to sign the release. I'm not signing it. So then this puts the attorney in an awkward position because they did all the work. They want to get their commission. The client wants they want their client to get paid, but at the same time, we come in and we say, hey, you know, we're obviously the bad guy, and says, hey, you owe us this, mm -hmm. and which a lot of the other companies do, and you know, it it can potentially hold up a case for a very long time until they get it resolved. So typically within within the industry there's a certain i guess fee associated with this funding with this the legal funding right yes so typically there's a, a rate and then so you came in and you saw an opportunity because of the infrastructure that you already kind of had in place and the and the resources that you 
you already have in place that really don't affect your bottom line as much as they do others. How do you, uh, why is it better for someone to come see you, uh, Motor City Legal Funding, than to go to another so funding? It's a great story, actually. Um, I like to, I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur, so you know I always try to look things from a, at from a different light. Uh, I was actually uh, I was dating uh, my wife at the time, and uh, we were out for dinner. And obviously, she's a she's an attorney, great attorney. Hi, babe, love you. Uh, so uh, give her a shout out. Yeah, uh, Lauren, love you, babe. She works for uh, she works for uh, John Marco uh, in Detroit, who uh, used to be uh, with uh, Jeffrey Feiger. Used to used okay. to be real close with Feiger. He oh, still wow. is, I, I guess. But uh, nice. great guy, love him. I've uh, spoken with him many times, and uh, they they have a big firm out in uh, out in Detroit. But uh, we were dating at the time, and we went out, we went out for dinner. And me being me, you know, you're dating, got to act like you can do everything, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, she could look at me. She'd be like, "Hey, would you kill somebody for me?" I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" <laughs> so uh, so you know, we're talking, and and I start you know I start pressing her a little bit on her career choice, and I start saying, you know, why did you become a lawyer? I go, Nobody likes lawyers. I go, Who wants to go and see their divorce lawyer? Who wants to go and see their bankruptcy lawyer? Who wants to go and see their criminal lawyer? I go, Nobody likes lawyers. I go, Why would you take a career like that? And she pulls this one on me. She goes, if you think we're bad, she goes, you need to take a look at these loan companies that we deal with. Oh, boy. So I started, I go, tell me more. So I come from a finance background. I went to Walsh College. So I come from a finance and accounting background. And she starts explaining to me the business. And she starts telling me, you know, what these companies do. And, and I, I really started to get intrigued. She goes, because some of them will charge 80, 90, 100% interest. So my first question was, doesn't that violate usury laws? She goes, no, because they're not loans. They're considered funding. I go, why are they charging 100%? I mean, you can charge 50% and make a great living. And that's when I really started to realize that- That's after you kind of did the math. Yeah, yeah, you know, you realize that, you know, once you factor in the marketing cost, because they were targeting the, the plaintiffs directly. Mm -hmm. So when you factor in what it costs to acquire a customer, uh, you know what it what the default rate was. You know the default rates are astounding. You know if you do the default rates around thirty percent. So if you do three loans, tell, talk about what what causes a default rate. Basically, the case settles for no money. So if the case settles for no money, it gets dismissed. Whatever the case may be. I mean, there's a million different scenarios, but the case settles and they get zero dollars. Well, we lose too. You know, yeah. it's a non-recourse loan. So a non-recourse. Well, I shouldn't say loan funding. It's it's yeah. non-recourse funding. So if the case doesn't settle for enough money or any money, then we legally cannot go after the client. We lose the yeah. whole thing. So you do two loans for let's say a thousand a piece, one goes cold and the other one pays out, you're still in the, in the red. Mm -hmm. So the default rate, the operating expenses, the marketing costs, all these things was really running up their expenses. So they had to charge 80, 90% <clears throat> to survive and you know, we kind of looked at it from a different light. Um, my brother and I, who, who's uh, my business partner, we decided to ourselves, why should we go after the customer? Like, why not? Why don't we target the attorneys? Mm -hmm. So we started with my <coughs> wife first and her firm, and a lot of the attorneys were working with us. And we said, listen, you know, we'll work with you. You know, you'll work with us. You know, what are they charging you now? They're charging us ninety percent. We said, okay, we'll charge you thirty. Mm -hmm. We'll charge you forty, which is about wow. you know, you know. To cover our costs, we'll make a little bit, and then your clients will be happy, and they're still saving 40 points. 
And uh, and that's what happened. And, and they loved us. And eventually, as it works in every industry, the attorneys will leave the firm. They'll go to other firms. And they kept calling us. So one firm turned into two, turned into five, turned into ten, turned into, you know, wow. people calling us off the hook because they, were, they wanted to all get in on it. And is this, uh, are there any regulations to uh, funding someone that's not in Michigan? Not really. Now, yeah. every state follows a different set of laws, or I guess you could say regulation, in regards to the PI world. Mm -hmm. So Michigan... Um, PI world, personal injury. Personal injury, yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Personal injury, yeah. And So Michigan um, has more benefits uh, in the country being a no-fault state than other states mm -hmm. um, do. Now, Whitmer just recently uh, passed a law changing the insurance policy, I should say changing the insurance world, uh, which was supposedly supposed to um, decrease rates. Now, we haven't seen that yet, but, you know, who knows if that'll happen down the road or not. Um, so it's been put into law, so the law is... Well, they changed the law. They, okay, so, okay. They changed it, yeah. So you might have seen this on your um, auto insurance, you know, when they ask you to re-up. Uh, you know, there are certain things that you have to apply for, your PIP, which is your um, your medical side, and then you have your third party, which is your, as they call it, their, your pain and suffering side gotcha. that you have to pay for the coverage. In places like Florida, for example, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that it's capped at 75000 mm. So you break both legs, both arms, you're getting 75000 That's it. That's all you can apply for. Okay. In Michigan, you can have coverage that's unlimited. So mm -hmm. you can get futures as high as $10 million if your accident serves With it. With health benefits therapy. With health benefits and, and yep. things yep. like that. Therapy, and, yeah. So... It really, um, you know, the laws are, the regulations not really differ for, from state to state with our industry, but you really have to be cognizant of what their laws are as far as what the benefits are. You know, as I, as I gave in the example before, if you overfund, you're going to walk away with nothing. Right. So you say to yourself, you know, you really have to be co cognizant of that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, so, like a, sounds like a risky proposition on your end, really. It is. It is, yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I always ask people. And I, I asked it to you back there. I says, you know, what happens uh, if you have a great business idea? What's mm -hmm. the first thing you do when you have a great business? If you're an entrepreneur and you need $100,000, what's the first thing you do? If you're Chaldean. If you're Chaldean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did I tell you? Uh, you said, call mom. Call mom. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I call my mom. It says, mom, I have a business idea and I need a hundred grand. As uh, most people would think and as my mom thought, she goes, you're crazy. And, but, you know, mom can never say no. So uh, call up mom and uh, she, there's always strings attached. So yeah. she says to me, she goes, I'll give you a hundred thousand on one condition. And that's when my heart just fell to my toes because I knew it was coming. She goes, you got to bring in your brother, 50-50. Oh, ah, <laughs> oh, wonderful. So called my brother and uh, didn't even ask me a question. He looks at me, he goes, how much money do you need? And I go, wow, well, this is how much I'm putting in. This is how much mom's putting in. I go, this is how much you got to put in. And writes me a check. Mm -hmm. He goes, just let me know when I can come to collect. Nice. <laughs> I go, no problem. So, and that's kind of how it evolved. And he's actually um, been a great partner. He was uh, he was with Quicken Loans and, and Loan Depot. He was in the mortgage industry for a while. And um, he had a lot of attorneys that he would run into all the time in his buildings. You know, they were out in Southfield in Detroit. He ran into attorneys all the time. So I was constantly meeting people. And yeah. he was introducing me to them, and it just kind of worked out to be a great relationship. Do you want to drop his name? or is, is Yeah, he... his name is, uh, <laughs> you know, Kevin. Kevin Azo. What's up, bro? How you doing? And uh, he's probably uh, probably still sleeping at this hour, but okay. Uh, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, great guy. Very smart. Very, very street smart. 
Yeah. Very street smart. Uh, and I, I tend to think of myself as more of the book smart kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. So, so you mentioned he played a lot of poker or something like that. Yeah, he's a he's a very talented poker player. Um, you know, travels the country playing at the WPT and the and the World Series. Very talented, and that's why I say he's very street smart. That's no. something that I've tried and I've failed uh, miserably uh, multiple times. But he is just very very talented. Gotcha. Has a lot of other business ventures as well, but this one I think is really the one that kind of was the was the home run hit. How did you? Uh, I, I understand how you got started, but what did you do before this? So before this, I was actually involved. I was heavily involved in uh, in real estate. Um, you guys have had a, a few realtors uh, on your show mm -hmm. uh, in the past, and uh, I was heavily in, I was heavily involved. Um, obviously, um, you know, I started there in uh, I think it was 2016, 2017. I was buying and selling. And, uh, you know, obviously being the smart genius that I am, uh, when I got engaged uh, to my now wife, uh, we ended up buying uh, we ended up buying properties as opposed to um, just buying and selling for other people. Um, during the pandemic, I saw an opportunity to acquire because the interest rates were so low. So everybody was refinancing. Everybody was, um, was uh, you know, trying to get in on the game. So what would be smarter when you have to plan a wedding pay for the uh, engagement party, the ring, all the festivities, you know, these guys are not cheap. And then, you know, what would be smarter than to, you know, start a company and take 200000 and put it into that and then sure. also, you know, buy five homes. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought uh, you look, you know, as an entrepreneur and, you know, you've had a lot of them on the show, you know, as I told you earlier, the, yep. the Harpy company, you know, yep. Greg and, uh, and Lauren, great people, you know, entre being entrepreneurial. Uh, you know, you look for opportunity no matter where it may hide. Yeah. So you really have to, you know... Um, the cards that you're dealt, you know, you play the hand a little bit differently mm -hmm. depending on what you have. And, you know, we just see opportunity and we look for it. And, you know, that's kind of how it came about. For sure, for yeah. sure. But real estate's always been good to me. Um, I was involved uh, with attorneys for a long time. I worked for a bankruptcy attorney uh, here in Birmingham. I can't say his name, but uh, did that for a while. And then, uh, obviously, the, the legal funding was, uh, was, another, uh, was another thing I saw an opportunity. Found a niche yeah. that other um, companies weren't servicing. So we, we talked about it, accidents. We talked about, um, you know, what types of accidents. But, like, can you, like, break it down? Like, who would who would benefit from, you know, Motor City Legal Funding? Well, you know, in the in the industry, and this is a question I get a lot, reputation is everything. I, I actually remember um, anybody who would benefit is somebody, again, if the case settles in if you need to settle and you're struggling and you need the money now the insurance companies know this yeah they know they deal with it all day long so and they get paid the attorneys get paid to delay the case you know the insurance companies don't want to pay but if they do have to pay they want to pay in five years they don't want to pay tomorrow and you know if, as far as the client is concerned they're the exact opposite you know they want to get paid right away so anybody who's looking to gain leverage over them any way you can, you know, um, combat that is somebody who, who would benefit. Now, obviously, the ideal thing would be not to take it at all. Because if you can survive without taking it, then you save yourself the interest. But, you know, just not very many people have that luxury where they can go two years. I think even the, the top, if you ever watch, you know, CNBC and all these guys on TV, uh, you know, business networks and whatever, they always say, you know, make sure you have six months 
worth of savings to survive. You can pay your mortgage for six months, all your bills for six months. These cases, you know, will go on for two or three years. Not too many people have that, just don't have that and much cash. These people in the are bank. incapacitated or can't work or can't work, you know, can't yeah. take a chance of working because they're injured and they have to get treatment, yeah. constituting physical therapy. Yeah. So, could, I mean, they could hurt themselves worse. They could hurt them. And it's happened. It's yeah, happened yeah. before. I, I've seen it and, and, and it's tragic. And, I deal, you know, we've done thousands of cases and I've heard, I've heard almost everything. Yeah. I, say, I say almost everything. People who mm -hmm. got shot, people who have just been in terrible, terrible situations. But interestingly enough, in this business, uh, reputation is everything. And there is some truth to certain attorneys who have bad reputations in this kind of field. And I've dealt with that as well. I won't mention any names, but, um, you know, you have... 85, 90% of the attorneys that are very honest, they're very loyal, and they're very smart. But again, just as it is with anyone who abuses the system, they ruin it. The 5% that abuse it, they ruin it for the other 95%. You have the 5, 10% of attorneys that ruin it for the other 90% of the attorneys who are actually honest. I actually had, um, I had a very interesting conversation with one of the attorneys that um, I had worked with. And he this flat is out. One of the good guys or one of the bad. This guys? is one of the bad guys. Okay. <laughs> this is one of the bad. The good guys never get publicity. I mean, I I've done work with. Uh, I'll I'm do a few shout outs. I've done work with um, with uh, Dunya Bazi. Um, she was she's a uh, she's an attorney out in Dearborn. Uh, fantastic woman, very smart. Um, so we've done a lot of business with her. We've done business with the Reefman Law Firm, Steve Reefman in um. In Southfield, great guy, very compassionate. I mean, outstanding guy. We've done work with uh, obviously uh, John Marco and, and and my wife's firm. We've done work with. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Ron Puzio and Mark Geiger out of Southfield. Um, I told you, um, H -H um, HHBR, um, uh, Nasir Rasul. We've done work with him. Uh, Lawrence Cagey, done work with him. Great yeah. guy. But I had one. I had one meeting uh, with an attorney, and uh, it was very interesting. He flat out looks at me, right in my face. He looks at me, he goes, I don't pay the loan companies. So I never pay them. I says, why not? He goes, well, I have a legal obligation to represent the best interests of my client. So these companies are totally corrupt. So he goes, I just flat out don't pay them. And legally I can do that because I'm representing the best interests of my client. I says, well, when the company comes to you and they say, hey, you know, so-and-so needs a loan and you don't pay them. I go, what happens when you know, they sue your client? He goes, you know, we, we drag them through the court system, and eventually they pay us pennies on the dollar. And uh, I got into a, a, uh, a legal dispute with him, and he kind of looks at me, and he goes, he goes, he goes, you know, I do all my, I get all my legal work for free. He goes, I'm an attorney. He goes, I get all my legal work for free. He goes, you really want to go down this road with me? And I look at him, I go, I go, my wife's a lawyer, too. I go, I get all my stuff for free, too. I go, so I go, let me ask you, I go, do you really want to go down this road with me? Right. And, um, you know, like I said, they're they're very rare, but when you do run into them, you know, that's when it says reputation is everything. So that's where, that's where it lies and dies with, um, with us. So what could a, uh, what could a potential customer of yours that may have an accident in the future look out for when they are looking to hire an attorney? Uh, you know, that, that is a great question. Um, references, um, personal references, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them pay a lot of money to look good online and social media today, um, is, is, is a very, um, I don't want to say fake, but it, it's a very misleading, yeah, exactly. I guess you could say yeah. 
You know, you get you people, can say fake. You can say fake. I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's misleading. You know, yeah. you get people that they look so happy. You know, and they're when they're smiling, and you got these you know these people, these lawyers on TV with these big fancy checks, mm-hmm. and it looks great online. But you know, uh, you know, their billboards. You know, they're you know they're like this. You know, and, you yeah. know this kind of stuff and. Um, it, it looks great, but um, you know, um, I always try to encourage people to get personal references, people that you know, people that you trust, not the things that you see online or you, the things that you see on TV where they pay for that kind of positive light that, that, yep. they, that they shine on themselves. So uh, positive references. Another thing that I always encourage people to do is look to, to see how many times the attorney's been sued. You know, you go on the Oakland County uh, register of deeds or, or uh, court register or, or go on the Oakland County Court Register and just punch in the attorney's name and look and see how many times they've been sued. I why mean, would, I, why would an attorney be sued? Uh, malpractice, yeah. um, breach of contract. Uh, I, I had a case uh, where the client uh, will probably watch this, although know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I had a client who they had a settlement for uh, I believe it was around six hundred thousand. And this was back in 2018. The case was filed in 2016. They settled in 2018. $600,000. To this day, they have not been paid. Yeah. So when you call the attorney and you say, hey, what's going on? You know, they'll give you the runaround. And there's really nothing you can do except sue them. And so now they're going through another lawsuit to get their money out from the first lawsuit. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it gets bad. It gets are, bad. Aren't and, there any punitive damages in these kinds of cases? Do you know of? Yes, there yeah. are. There are. There's uh, something called conversion, uh, which is very hard uh, to win. Obviously, you can get attorney fees and court costs and things like that. Okay. But there's something called uh, conversion, which basically whatever the damage is, um, you know, they multiply it by, or you, you can get a multiple of three. So if he takes okay. 600000 he's potentially liable for 1.8 million is it going to happen most likely not right. but at the same time uh, those are things that you can find out and, and it's all public record you get an attorney who has been sued two times because every attorney's been sued at least one point in their life and then you have an attorney who's been sued 50 times you know you can kind of use your own judgment to know which one would be the, the better yeah. one to go to gotcha. but uh my wife has worked for you know a few firms uh in the area very very smart um incredibly talented i wish she gave herself more credit but um, you know she uh, um, get references from other lawyers. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's another thing that you can do. They all know each other. It's a very small community. Yeah, and um, you know, ask your real estate agent. Ask anybody. You yeah, know? Like I told you my mom got hit by a car. Did uh, mention that years yeah, ago. Yeah. Right. And uh, we used uh, Brian Fanish. Um, known mm-hmm. him forever. Good cat. Yeah. Where's he uh, work at? You know, you got, I didn't ask Farmington. you. Farmington. Farmington, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, I'm uh, actually unfamiliar with him. Married. He married Kelly and girl. <laughs> he got a couple kids now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, actually coming from myself, uh, you know, I wasn't actually 100% Kelly. My father actually was Italian, so uh, a lot of food around the holidays mm-hmm. and definitely the same kind of uh, business mentality where, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cutthroat. Everything is always cutthroat. He was by far... The best salesman I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, this guy, as they always say, can sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Speaking of ice, U.S. ice. Oh, yeah, U.S. ice. <laughs> Perfect fact, timing. My wife actually uh, knows him. I believe she's related to them in some fashion. Yeah, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, by far the most fantastic salesperson I've ever seen in my life. My mother, I mean, incredible incredibly smart woman very talented you know growing up um my parents got divorced young yeah. so you know my, my what area mother, did you grow up in 
Uh, West Bloomfield, you know, okay. West Bloomfield, Bloomfield, Birmingham, my whole life. Um, I have uh, I have a lot of family um, still uh, in in Windsor, Ontario, oh, sure. across the border. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time out there. Canucks, the Canucks, yeah, uh, Toronto, the Maple Leafs, yeah, they yeah. were they were big fans of those, and uh, you know, they really taught me. Um, you know, we weren't growing up, we weren't really wealthy you know we were you know we were middle class you know as yeah, yeah. most people you know paycheck to paycheck and my mother was constantly reinventing herself and she worked for god bless her yeah she they were big into the health clubs uh for a long time the the powerhouses and then she reinvented herself to work for a neurosurgeon so she was running his old office she was a you know a manager at the time and now she uh, works in IT. You know, she works for a collection agency doing IT work. So, oh, cool. you know, English being well, I shouldn't say maybe her second language, but you know, it was very difficult because you know, they really didn't have degrees. You know, they really didn't have college educations. Right. So, to go from you know health clubs to the medical field to you know the the IT field, I mean, she was, I mean, very very you know talented as far as how she very can cool. always reinvent herself. So. so you mentioned your brother. Do you have any other siblings? No, just just, just my younger brother. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one is too one is too many. Right, right, right. So it's always the conversation I have with my wife now. You know, and people always ask us how many kids, how many kids. And I always say, man, I go two is too many. I yeah. go, <laughs> but um, do you have any children? No, okay. no, not yet. We we've been married now. We got married at the at the height of the pandemic. Okay. So it was very. So you um, should have six kids by now. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> right? Locked up in the house. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't go anywhere. There was nothing to do, right? Right. So uh, no, we uh, we got well. What was interesting was is that when we got married, and my wife is, uh, <laughs> she sees the world in a. I don't want to say she sees the world, but she's always thinking in the negative. Her mindset's always in the negative. I go, why are you so negative? I go, you got to be positive. So, you know, obviously, you know, planning our wedding during the pandemic, the the, the question was always, you know, this is never going to happen. The place is going to shut down. We actually went to five. It's not negative. I mean, that's what we were being fed constantly. Realistic, yeah. All trying, day, every day. Yeah, you Bombarded, know. inundated. We were, we were, we were. It was tough. Yeah, we it got, was tough, yeah. you know, the, the human race got put through the, the ringer. Yeah, they were. And it was one thing for, you know, for the real estate industry is that, you know, there was, everybody was sandbagging. You know, you yeah. had people that weren't getting married, so they weren't buying houses. And yeah. then you had low interest rates, you know, people were living in their basements. And it was one of the reasons why I told my wife when we got engaged, I'm like, you know, we got to buy a house before we get married. I know yeah. this is going to be crazy. But, um, you know, well, with our wedding, we actually had to change the venue five times before, um, uh, but, you know, during the pandemic, because everywhere we kept going, yeah. kept getting shut down. Yeah, there and, and shit. luckily enough, so we were we were actually going to get married at Pine Lake, because mm-hmm. I, I, I love Shenandoah, love Pettis, right? But I've been there at least a thousand times. And if I had to do, if I had to be wedding 1001, I was going to, you know, I was going to freak out. Right. So we actually planned it at Pine Lake Country Club at the time, and they got shut down a week before our wedding. Luckily enough, you know... Luckily enough, uh, her father, my wife's father, was best friends with the guy that owned Regency okay. in Southfield. So we gave him a call, and he kind of gets on the phone with us. He goes, he goes, I'll take care of it. I go, you do know our wedding's in five days. Yeah. I'll take care of it. I go, it's COVID. You going to be open? <laughs> he goes, I'll take care what of it. What month was this? Uh, this was in September. I'm glad I got that right. Okay. <laughs> it was 919. Yeah. If I got that wrong, that'd be bad on TV. <laughs> um, so he calls us a... Uh, Five days later, pulled it off. I mean, beautifully pulled it off during COVID. And then, unfortunately, about three days after our wedding, they got shut down. 
Yeah. So we got lucky there. We, so you know. Regency, that's my cousin, Amir Nager. Yeah, yeah. It's my, right. my first cousin. Yeah. Uh, one of the closest people to my mom. And actually, my mom died on that day, 919. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, 2020? Yes. No kidding. That was, yeah. that was the day we got married. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. No, talk about crazy. coincidence. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, my, God. <laughs> my dad, my, you know, my dad passed away. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shot. He passed away two years ago as well from, from. I think you told me it was cancer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he passed away from uh, from pancreatic cancer. It's uh, I don't know if I can say this on TV, but you know, it's a bitch. Yeah, life's a bitch. a bitch. Fuck cancer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, it's just it's just anything else. You know, you, you know, you give. You know, you play the cards that life gives you, yeah, and absolutely. you just keep moving on. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've learned, um, and it's, when, when I talk to other entrepreneurs, because I've done a few other business ventures, obviously, um, I, I've worked uh, very closely with Harpy and, mm-hmm. and their brand. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, getting them on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I watch your last. Yeah, I watch your show all the time. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, Greg Lauren, what's up? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, one of the things that I've learned, and one of the things I try to explain to with other uh, entrepreneurs, fellow my fellow entrepreneurs, I guess you can call them, is that it's it's a it's a dog eat dog world. Anybody will run you over for a dollar. Sure. And it's one of the hardest things because they want to do the right thing. They want to you know have their integrity high. They want to be loyal to people. But I mean, at the same time, you always got to be looking over your shoulder. There's mm-hmm. always somebody willing to to take it away from you. There's always oh, yeah. somebody willing to. Uh, what's the phrase? You know, there's always someone looking to eat your lunch. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's always that schoolyard bully out there. Sure thing. And uh, you know, it's really, um, you know, you just you just got to keep trucking along. Yeah. I'm sure you've been through it before. Oh yeah, yeah, many yeah. times. You some sometimes it's the closest people that are your closest, friends that yeah. you go into business with that are the ones that uh, family disputes are terrible. It just doesn't uh, work out with them, and you know, for whatever reason, and we can all point the finger at someone else, but you know, you got to look at yourself and and. Hold yourself accountable. Take the blame for whatever. As long as they weren't they weren't doing anything shysty or shady, then first thing I always say to is. people is when when they come to me with business abuse, I get them all the time, and I, I don't know why people come to me. Maybe because they think I know a lot of lawyers, which I mean I guess because like you're tall. <laughs> Maybe uh, they look at, they're <laughs> looking for the enforcer. Yeah. Um, but uh, w- one of the things I always ask people, and and I get it all the time. You know, I, who's whose fault is it? It's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. It's mm-hmm. this guy's fault. I go, who lost money? Well, I lost money. I go, then it's your fault. Exactly. You know what I mean? I go, who lost the money? I lost the money. I go, then it's your fault. You I go, go. You, you can blame everybody you want. You can blame the government. You can blame this guy and that guy. I go, it's who, your fault. Who gave him the money? Who yeah, I know, right? The money? If I lost that person in in charge of your money. Yeah, I mean, if I lost my mother's money, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to say it was my mother's fault. A lot but of added the, pressure there. Oh my god. Well, you know, it was funny because when we first started and this was the thing that really got me when we first started we started with a, I mean a good amount of money I mean it was a good amount it was the world to me and my brother I mean it was our life savings yeah. and uh, and obviously I had my mother's money that I was responsible for and when we first started I thought that it would at least last us our first year and I thought we would have enough in the bank to at least get us through our first year. Well, yeah. we ended up getting through our first three months before mm-hmm. it was all gone. Bye-bye. So when I call my mom again, I go, listen, I go, that money that she gave me, I go, I need more. But it's and, working. It wasn't like it was gone, invested, and gone. But it was money that was working to, to gain. It was working. But the thing was is that, you know, again, you have to live to see the end of the case sure and the cases yeah, yeah. take two years so you yeah. know you're putting money out but you're not really you get some that settle early you sure. get some of them yeah but you got to build the pipeline you got to build the pipeline yeah exactly and uh, you know you got to wait the two years before the money starts coming in so 
you know, you, so then, you know, what do you do? You go to other family members, you go to friends, and, you know, it, it got scary. It got mm -hmm. really scary. Yeah. It was very risky, and um, luckily, they've all been paid back with interest. Nice. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, and it definitely builds up your credibility. Sure. Now, you know, they're calling me, hey, you need money. Said, nah, I'm good right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, yeah. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, thanks for, for sharing me. your uh, service with, uh, with uh, the Chaldean, keeping up with the Chaldean viewers and... I want to say I think it's I, I apologize for you interrupting. Know, I want to say I think it's great what you guys are doing. You know, keeping you. the community, you know, intact and um, you know making connections and, and I think really uh, giving back and shining a light yeah. on the Keldian entrepreneurs. Thanks, I really enjoy Appreciate watching it and, and listening to their stories. So we close out shows by asking, what does it mean to you to be Keldian? What does it mean for me to be Keldian? No, that's a great question. Um, you know, I guess the number one thing, this was actually the first year I was not in Michigan uh, for Thanksgiving. I was actually mm -hmm. in Florida visiting family. And one of the things I get most commonly, uh, especially from my friends, is, you know, is the family influence. The The running joke in my house is that my wife didn't marry me because she loved me. She married me to get to my mom. <laughs> so, you know, they always say, you know, you marry your mother. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I married my mom. I mean, they are long lost sisters, oh, mother, daughter. Nice. I mean, like they love, they love each other more than they love me, yeah, which bless. is, which is, yeah, exactly. Which is something that not everybody can say. So I, I really cherish that. And, um, I, I certainly hope she didn't marry her father. Mm -hmm. uh, don't show him this video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Francie? How are you, sir? Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I guess I just say, you know, the family community around me. I mean, this business uh, would never have been possible if it wasn't for my family. I borrowed right. money from a lot of family members, and mm -hmm. had I lost it, you know, they probably would have forgiven me, but I would have never forgiven myself. Yeah, so to be Keldean, I mean, I guess it's just the, the sphere of influence uh, of your family and, and knowing that they, they're always behind you no matter what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that would be Italians are very similar. They always say Italians and Keldeans, you know, same corporation, you know, different divisions. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. You throw the Jews in there, too. This is the Jews, yeah. <laughs> I love the Jews, but yeah. uh, my... my uh, my aunt actually married a, a Jewish guy out in Florida. Love the guy, and uh, he he says the same thing to us. He goes, "Man, he goes, your family he goes," and they fight. I mean, they fight like every family. They fight mm -hmm. constantly, and at the end of the day, it's like it never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's something that you really gotta cherish, and you know, don't take it for granted. I I told you that um, I actually wasn't able to be here with Harpy because uh, I was in the hospital with COVID myself mm -hmm. for for a week, and uh, you know, when you go in, you know, you don't. You don't know if you're gonna make it out when you when yeah. you head out when you Scary. go in. You don't know if you're gonna make it out in a stretcher or you know if you're gonna make it home you know in one piece. And they called me. They visited me every single hour of every single day. They were they came in and yeah. made sure I was okay and uh, you know that I was doing well. So COVID's no joke. Well, it's I no lost, joke. Uh, lost one of my heroes a few weeks ago, Jack Seaman. Yeah. yeah it's sorry. Fucking terrible. It is, man. But it's 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 life, man. Life is yep. is not forgiving. It's not forgiving. It's a brutal world. So, you know, yeah. it's things like that. When you know you have your, I guess you could call your armor behind you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have your entourage behind you. It, uh, you know, you really cannot take that for granted. And that's something that's been with me my whole life. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. It was great. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. <sighs> Thank you all for watching. Uh, we're going to sign off now. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, share, of course. And uh, hug your loved ones. Hug your loved ones. Absolutely.